Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. We've covered a lot of ground on the show today, huh? Pretty good show, I think. Uh, We talked earlier today about these sanctuary counties, these parts of Utah which are declaring, uh, led by Uinta County commissioners, letting folks know that, uh, you know what, here in Uinta County, we are not going to enforce state or federal laws that infringe on the Second Amendment. We spoke later in the program to Nathan Ivey, commissioner down in Utah County, who has himself said that he, along with the other commissioners and the sheriff down there in Utah County, are moving towards a measure just like this. We spoke about that, and we're going to continue to cover it. Right now, though, I want to remind you of uh, what we just talked about. It was having to do with the maintenance backlog and a piece of legislation introduced uh, and forwarded by Congressman Rob Bishop. We we described it all. Uh, If you're listening, you know all about it. You know there's a big stack of work that needs to be done on Utah's public lands out in the parks and that the price tag is pretty high. Uh, And and there's a piece of legislation, of course, that the congressman would like to see uh, brought about in lieu of some of the bills that are being brought to the floor right now. But there was something he said towards the end of his comments uh, on the floor of the House just yesterday. Let me play them for you now. There's a reference in there made to a baseball player, Earl Weaver, Hall of Famer. Uh, And I am very prone to falling down rabbit holes. (laughs) I'll tell you what, anytime I read a news article, there's always something uh, that catches my attention, which will put me on some YouTube or Wikipedia spiral. Anyway, uh, from this new position of mine, I'm able to uh, call experts. And so I'm going to play this piece of audio for you. It is, again, Rob Bishop speaking from the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives. He was promoting a piece of legislation of his which would address the maintenance backlog at national parks around the country. And he makes reference to a baseball player. I'm going to play the audio. And then afterwards, we're going to speak to Rob Bishop and ask him to tell us all about Mr. Weaver. You know, Earl Weaver once came out and got thrown out of a game because he looked at the umpire and said, are you going to get better or is this as good as it gets? We're looking at the other side and say, are you going to get better or is this simply as good as it gets? What we should be doing with is realizing instead of creating more problem areas, we should be trying to solve the problem of the land we already own. All right. Congressman Bishop, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Lee? Not too bad at all. Uh, so listen, I think I adequately described the piece of legislation that uh, that you're working on and that I, in fact, uh, worked on a little bit when I was uh, under your employ some months ago. But what caught my attention was yesterday as you were speaking, uh, you brought up this Earl Weaver. You have a reputation as, be- as being a baseball guy. And so uh, I'd like you to, if you wouldn't mind, uh, give us a master class on who is this Earl Weaver. And why is he relevant to this argument that you're making? Well, um, it's because his statement was really good in his way. He was, he was a great at always baiting umpires. So Earl Weaver actually had a minor league career. He never played in the majors. But he was a major league manager for oh, almost 20, 15, 20 years. And he was the manager of the Baltimore Orioles. So he won the World Series with them. He won about four, I think, pennants in the American League with them. And, and he had this caustic sense of humor. And that is indeed one of the things he said, you know, are you going to get better? Is this as good as it gets? And he was thrown out for that. Um, 
in fact, I, I read another one yesterday that he went up to a man, to an umpire, and he claimed he was disputing a rule. And Earl Weaver said to the umpire, I'm going to look it up. And the umpire gave him his rule book and said, here, go ahead and use mine. And Earl Weaver just simply <laughs> took the book and said, this is no good to me. I can't read Braille. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I looked as uh, I was preparing for this segment. Uh, the producers and I were kind of digging around looking to see if we could find any audio from Earl Weaver uh, on one of his rants or interacting with the umpires. And if I'm honest, it was tough to find anything that was uh, worthy of airing uh, <laughs> simply due to the language. We, there are only so many bleep buttons we can use in a day. Um, yeah, I would be surprised because he was upset when that happened. And there were some umpires that didn't like him either. I mean, there was another occasion where he threw his hat down in disgust, and he was arguing with one umpire, and one of the other umpires working the game came over and made sure he stepped on his hat with his cleats and kind of dug a few minutes before he picked it up and gave him his hat back. So there was a mutual animosity. But, but Earl Weaver was, and he was amazing. He did not believe in small ball. He did not like, he said he'd never had a sign for a hit and run. Um, his goal was to have good pitching, good defense, and hit three-run homers. And he's in the Hall of Fame today. He is. What got him in there? Um, winning about 60% of his games. But he, had, he, had, he rebuilt the Orioles. He had great talent. I mean, that was, um, I think, Frank Robinson was there, Brooks Robinson, Boot Powell. I know those were the, the big guns, his heavy hitters at the time. Uh, and he had people like Jim Palmer and Quaylar and I think Pat Dobson were these remarkable pitchers that he had. And he also knew how to how to how to get people like Paul Blair who had great defensive skills and blend them together. He, and he also used his bench. Um and he was one of the first people to kind of do um a a lot of crunching of numbers. So even even though Boog Powell was the MVP for that year. He was led him in home runs. He was the big stud that they had playing for him. There was a couple of left-handed pitchers he couldn't hit, and he would pinch hit for Boog Powell with a right-handed hitter who had better numbers against those pitchers. So he wasn't afraid to do that, and that's that's quite amazing for a guy who actually himself never made it to the major leagues. We're speaking to Congressman Rob Bishop, not about politics, not about legislation or anything, but rather uh, Congressman Bishop is a huge, huge fan of baseball. I worked for the congressman for a number of years out in D.C., and his office is adorned from wall to wall with uh, baseball imagery. There are mitts and jerseys and posters, a big fan. And so I'm just taking advantage of this little opportunity to learn uh, about this Earl Weaver, who was mentioned on the floor of the House of Representatives yesterday by you, Congressman, as you were making a point. We have about 90 seconds left. Uh, Tell me what point you were making by uh, referencing Earl Weaver yesterday. Um, Simply saying that the other side was not giving us good stuff. There were good things out there for them to do. Quit wasting my time with the silliness that they're bringing to the floor. Get the stuff that actually solves the problem and works. And I'm going to challenge you sometimes because you helped me with some of this. You found one of your uh, one of your great players from yesteryear from your neck of the woods where you grew up. That's right. Who has a great history of bunting. You've got to tell that story to your audience sometimes. Roscoe Barnes. I'll tell the story someday, sir. I'm grateful to you for for calling in. Thanks for giving us uh, the history. This uh, has been baseball with Bishop. <laughs> what do you think of that? 
catchy title. I like <laughs> the alliteration. Very good, sir. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Best of luck to you. Uh, so that's it for today's program. Very grateful to you for sitting with us through uh, really a good look at history. We went back to 1972, learned about the genesis of the ERA effort, the uh, Equal Rights Amendment. Where things stand right now is absolutely fascinating. This is developing on two fronts, one of them back in Washington, the other here in the state of Utah in a rules committee Right now, it is being decided whether or not to put forward uh, the ratification, a piece of legislation here in the state of Utah, which could ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. It requires that 38 states ratify, and Virginia most recently became that 38th state, and that's uh, all on one front at the state level. Now, on the federal level, there's this other question uh, that has been asked, and that was asked today uh, before the members of Congress in the House. And they voted on whether or not to remove the deadline. Uh, back in the 70s, when this measure was first brought up, uh, there was a deadline placed on that of 1978. Well, that year, or 79 rather, that year has come and gone. And so there is question as to whether or not a state, while ratifying the Equal Rights Amendment today, if that could actually change the Constitution. The members of the House uh, voted today to remove that deadline. Uh, It was pretty much uh, a partisan vote. There were two members of Utah's delegation, uh, Rob Bishop and Chris Stewart, who voted against the measure, uh, and two who voted for it. That's uh, John Curtis and Ben McAdams voted to remove the deadline. So that's the update on the ERA. You're up to speed. We're going to continue to follow it because it is going to continue developing uh, in Washington and here in Utah, ultimately ending up, I'm fairly certain, in the Supreme Court. That's it for today's show. I'm grateful for you, grateful to you rather, for hanging out. Uh, next up is Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news here on KSL News Radio.